Hello and welcome to the Academy Building Podcast. It's Harriet here again this week. I'm your host for today and joining me on the show we have the lovely Marta Capone. Hello to everybody. Hi darling, thank you so much for joining us. Before we get started on today's topics, can you just introduce yourself, tell everyone who's listening, who you are, what you do, where you're from, why you're joining us today? So my name is Marta Capone. I'm a jazz singer and a music teacher. And I'm here today to answer some questions about music, as it was. About the music industry, yes. Yes. And we can tell from your accent you're from Italy originally. Yes, I'm from Italy. I moved here to London four years ago. And I'm now one of the teachers here at the Academy Building. Okay. And that move, was that in pursuit of a music career? Yes. I mean, when I was in Italy, my career was very good. It was going very good. But as everybody knows, in Italy, we have some issues now about economics and we have a big crisis. So mm-hmm. at that time, music was very um, just in a, in a standby situation. Nothing was happened. Right. So I decided to move here to London just to challenge myself a little bit more and discover more about me and about my music career what can i where can i push my limits yeah this was in 2012 yeah exactly so what's happened since you moved here has have you noticed a distinct change in your music career do you think you've progressed what's your experience of the music industry in london well i think i progressed a lot not only as a musician as a singer but also as a person and really yes and that's what i think is the most valuable thing of this experience mm-hmm. for me um yes because what i what i found out is that unfortunately i was very very insecure about myself back in italy yes okay and i was very insecure about my possibilities mm-hmm. maybe because i was like when i was in italy everything there is very very difficult everything there is very very hard to realize you know what I mean like you have a dream yeah but before the dream comes true it takes a lot of hard work a lot of hard work a lot of hard work and And sometimes you think it's because of you okay do you think that's different in London do you think it's easier to make a music career here oh I think it's easier because of the attitude of people like I think it's easier because music is uh, something very important for for people here in London not just in London I think all around UK but I mean we are in London so I think that people really cares about music and arts yes in general you know it's part of our own life Part of the uh, culture. Yes, exactly. It's part of the culture. So it's very easy to find people comes out in the evening and spend their money to see a gig, to see a concert, and to see to see someone that is not very famous yet. But yeah. it could be a very a very one interesting musician in the scene, you know? So yeah. this is very hard in Italy compared to London and Rome, for example. That's so interesting. We had um, Elliot on the show last week who was saying from his point of view as a music manager and as a label manager, he finds that it's, it's easier to find an audience in Europe and that fans will pay more money for festivals and performances in Europe. He didn't say Italy specifically, he talked about lots of different countries, but it's really interesting to hear it from an Italian's perspective, someone who's come here to pursue 
a music career. Yeah. So what sort of venues do you play in? What sort of venues do you perform in well, for as example, a jazz singer? I want, to, I want to tell you my very first experience in London. Please. <clears throat> I wasn't in London. It was almost, uh, probably almost one year. I think it was June. Uh, so not, not even one year that I was in London, okay? Mm. And I got the courage to go to the art director of the Pizza Express and ask for a gig at the Pizza Express. This is Pizza Express on Dean Street, the uh, jazz yeah, venue. Yeah, the one, the one that, I, that I got, it was the Pizza Express, the pheasantry, the one okay. in Chelsea. Yes. But I mean, I was very new in London. No one, no one knew me at the uh-huh. time. And I just said, okay, I want a gig in a very good place. And I'm, go, and I'm going to ask the gig. And I'm pretty sure they're going to give me the gig. And they, <laughs> and they did. And they did. Amazing. But there, I was very stressful because, I mean, I just got the responsibility of uh-huh. the gig. Yes. Paying all the musicians with my money because I was assuming that no one was coming to see me because no one knew me at the time, you know what Yeah, I mean? of course. And with my great surprise, the place was sold out. Amazing. It was amazing. That... that event just signed for me a very strong point you know like you have to be sure of yourself you have to be confident with yourself because things can happen I mean to me it was something important Mm. that event just showed me that London it's very hard it's a very hard city for many reasons and we know but also is the right place to let your dreams come true, I think. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, it's the capital city of the UK and they say dreams come true in places like New York and London. But just from... Let's look at the jazz world. So let's look at the venues. Pizza Express, I believe, is known in the jazz world for really, really supporting its artists, for helping to promote events, for helping to sell tickets, for doing lots of social media posting and all that kind of thing. So... I know my personal experience with Pizza Express has always been positive and there's other venues like Ronnie Scott's who are known as venues that people go to listen for jazz. So it's perhaps easier to sell out your show at a jazz venue. What's your experience of other venues that aren't specifically jazz venues like Ronnie's, like Pizza Express, like The Forge, like... uh, What's Spice of Spice of Life, spice isn't of it? Spice of Life is another beautiful venue. Yeah. Other venues, how easy or how difficult is it to sell out other venues that aren't traditionally associated with jazz music? Is that a different element altogether? Well, I think that in my experience is that the, the difference between Italy and, and UK is that people here doesn't really mind to go out and spend their money to have a night of music, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's not just wasting the money, it's spending the money in a way that entertain themselves and, you know, just give, so them, ha- give them joy. So the thing is, the, the difference is, I, I, I usually play in this beautiful venue in South London and it's called um, Brasserie Toulouse Lautrec. Mm-hmm. They have this lovely rooftop room where they decide to make music. Yeah. And they do music every day of the week. Yeah. And actually, every time that I go there with many different projects, sometimes I jazz, sometimes I Brazilian music, okay. sometimes original music. Yeah. And every time it's a success. Every time people come, every time we have a sold out, if it's not sold out, we it's have a full house. Almost. Yes. Oh, that's really interesting. So 
you would say then as a jazz singer in London, you don't find it difficult to get regular well-paid gigs and an audience who want to come see you. Absolutely, yeah. That's amazing. Just because I know from personal experience that I hear the sob stories and I hear how difficult it is and I hear people beg the question, is it viable to have a music career in London in 2016? If I have to be sincere, well, maybe sometimes I think the same too, but not because I love my job and I can't make a living with my job, but Mm. just because I'm always thinking, what's the point? Sometimes I think, what's the point today? And why do you think that? What happens that triggers that question? Mm, I don't understand how the music business works nowadays and not even in jazz you know like because if we're talking about pop music of course there are some probably some rules that i don't know Mm. but i mean especially for jazz it's it's weird it's just weird I, i don't get i don't get what is the thing that makes you become a number one because it's not just it seems to me that it's not it's not just your um, talent. It's course, not just no. your hard work. It's something else. I'm, I'm smiling as I'm listening to you say this because it's the same conundrum with every artist. Would you say you feel like the shutters are down on that world of knowledge? Like you just don't have access to whatever it is that goes on behind the scenes and you just don't know how to break it. Exactly. And do you think it's a knowledge thing? Do you think it's just some people know and they keep it a secret and and other people's mm, no. don't well, I, I think do you think there's a secret formula do you think <laughs> do you think someone's got it locked under key somewhere what is it why do musicians struggle to cross this barrier i i, I think it's a kind of the problem probably is around the attitude okay attitude. um what i found out is that of course for people that are very like we are all musicians very good musicians but then also we have our own personalities right mm-hmm, absolutely so sometimes if you don't have a very uh, open personality like very uh, social very um always ready to have fun with people and but in a genuine way of course you're yeah. not try to make yourself like mm-hmm. uh, uh, a fool um but if you know the kind of attitude, it's very it's very hard to create connections. And I think that connections are everything. Absolutely. Everything. Relationships are everything in any business. The music yeah. business is no different. Relationships are crucial. Do you think it's easy to forge relationships with your fans and with your audience? Well, here in London, I think it's very easy to to get a lot of uh fans really yeah how do you how do you speak to your fan base how do you maintain contact with the people who come to your shows well first of all directly like i really i really like after my shows even though i'm very tired and mm. i want to just to sit and shut up <laughs> after two hours singing yeah but i really love to have the feedback just straight to my to my audience and and, and they really appreciate my attention Mm-hmm. They really appreciate the fact that I'm staying with them, talking and laughing and and just, you know, sharing the time together. So you're you're using old school marketing techniques. Yes. I mean, forgive me coming from a business I'm a very perspective. Old girl. <laughs> but from a business perspective, I mean that that was how businesses were built up. We're talking thousands and thousands of years ago, of course, but it was all absolutely harnessed on that personal relationship. Yeah. Now with digital marketing and the World Wide Web and social media and the absolute saturation 
of every industry and the music industry because everyone can be a singer and a producer and a record manager now. Do you find it's increasingly difficult? Do you feel that that's a barrier in any way? Well, to me, to me, to my personality, it is. Like, I'm, I'm really trying to learn. I'm really trying to learn how to use these tools because I know they are tools nowadays mm-hmm. uh, to, to make the best uh, for my career. But in the other way, it's very difficult for me because I'm a completely different person, you know? I'm a very old-fashioned person, so mm. it's, like, weird. It's very weird. And sometimes what I feel, I feel overwhelmed about... Just the wealth of information that yes. you need to yes. somehow absorb and then action and yes. figure it all out. And now, fast, everything passed by. Yeah. Uh, how fast everything changed how fast everything passed by and how superficial sometimes is everything yeah you know do you think that's a sentiment that's shared with other musicians in the jazz world i think sometimes yes yeah. i think i mean i can see even here in london with all my friends you know they don't care a lot they don't care about facebook they're not on facebook probably they're playing their instruments they're studying they're trying to make themselves better musicians and better persons but yeah uh, that's why i think uh that it's very very important to have someone who can help you and follow you like a manager or someone some figure like this even though i know it's very hard especially in jazz mm. because there are not enough money around this uh, market to support the management to support of the artists management, of course yeah, yeah absolutely now it is difficult do you feel that perhaps if jazz musicians had access to this knowledge in a well-formatted way that it would make careers in jazz more viable or do you think it's a matter of who you are as jazz musicians like you're such creative animals that i think perhaps even if the information was delivered on a silver spoon that was so easily absorbable and super sweet to taste that you wouldn't even take it anyway because you you are so innately musical and creative and you get so passionately absorbed in what you do that actually doesn't matter how sweet that silver spoon is with all the information that you need you're not going to take it anyway because you'd rather just practice perform stay in the studio make something else um, i mean uh, you, you i think you got the point harriet because the thing is when i started this career i thought i would become a singer well you are a singer i'm a singer and a composer and a producer and a manager and a booking <laughs> agency and uh, whatever marketing manager i'm too many things but none of them good enough. Is that how you feel or is that what someone else has told you? Well, is that is how statement. I feel. Is how I feel. Is how well, I feel. Like I, sometimes I feel shut down because I know I'm a good singer. I know I'm a wonderful teacher. I know I know this because I can see the feedback. Not yes. because I'm I'm a very humble person, you know me very of well. Course. But I can see the feedback and the feedback from my students is the most incredible thing I have. And the feedback from the audience is the thing that makes me very happy. And every night I come back home with a smile on my face and I feel very, very lucky to be here and to do this kind of job. Yes. But in the same time, sometimes I feel alone. I feel useless. I feel like, how can I come up? 
with something so big, you know, that yeah. doesn't compare to me because I'm not this kind of figures, you know. I, I didn't never start a business. I never started economy and I didn't know how to push a marketing product. Mm. So it's very hard sometimes. But you are a product that needs marketing. Yes, and I don't like the idea <laughs> that I'm a product of this marketing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like to me, music is such a such a important thing. It's a kind of sacred. Yeah, it's 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 just an important thing. I can't I can't just relate music and business. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, that's the point that you were you were making it, and yeah. it's right. You know, just, especially jazz musicians. I, I do feel that it is. Jazz musicians are this little world that seem to have locked themselves off from technology and business and sometimes just even basic socializing. I, your, yes. your, your capacity to speak with your audience and build relationships, I think is actually quite unique in the jazz world. I think there are more hermits than there are socializers and social butterflies. Um, that said then, if we, if we are going to run with the stereotype, and I imagine a lot of people will kill me for saying this, but <laughs> if we're going to run with the stereotype that jazz musicians just aren't cut out for business marketing and would just rather pretend it doesn't exist, how viable is it then to have a career as a jazz musician? How do you manage it if you don't use these tools? How do you do it? You know, what the thing is that jazz musicians play because they love to do what they do. They How do you earn a living they don't then? Care. They well, let, don't, let's they don't think about it. Well, they have bills to pay. Let's get personal. Yeah, let's talk they do money. Day by day. It's not it's not cheap to live in London. In fact, I think stats have just proved it's one of the most expensive cities in the world now, if but not the most expensive city in the world to live. It is, and in fact you will see the many, many, many musicians are just living in a room, sharing the house with other people. That's I mean, the reality. That's the reality, of course. But they choose that for the love of their art? Well, sometimes yes. Wow. Sometimes yes. Wow. Sometimes yes. Sometimes they don't know. That that might be the reality when they start out on this path? Of course. Okay. And sometimes they choose to don't do things that they don't like to do. Like? What do you mean? Like playing gigs that you don't like to play. Playing music that you don't like to play. Playing with people that you don't like to play with. Right. Because to build your career, you know that you have to do lots of sacrifices. That's true. And so you prefer to live in a very humble way under your possibilities and try to make the best from your music. Because at the end, I think that the the very weird point is that if you really love music in the way usually jazz musicians jazz musicians do and you start to play music that you don't like you can get a lot of money but you're not happy at all at the end you know okay. so the thing is the balance between making a good living but still be happy about your your art yes Okay. And, and it, I think this is the balance for every artist. It doesn't matter about I think jazz is... music or like dancers or painters or That's the balance actors. for life, full stop. Exactly. You have to do what is necessary, but you also have to maintain your sanity. Absolutely. That, that's a life balance technique I think we should all learn from. 
That says, if we do have any aspiring jazz musicians listening in, <laughs> it doesn't sound very tasty right now. It doesn't sound like it's something that is achievable or desirable or perhaps anywhere near as glamorous as they might be thinking and dreaming about. How does an aspiring jazz musician get from college to earning a reasonable living as a jazz musician? What's the process they have to go through? Well, it's very, it's very, it's very hard to say. I was actually uh, today at lunch. I was having my lunch and watching an interview um, to Kay Jarrett. Okay. And it, it, what he was saying is it was a bit hard to the jazz, but he said like, you can study a lot and you can have a wonderful degree at Berkeley, so I don't mm -hmm. know. You can study thousands of books and study thousands of hours on your instrument, still not be a musician. Ouch. This is from Keith Jarrett. Yeah. So what it, what it means that it doesn't mean that because you, you finish your college or you finish the university and you have your degree, you are a musician. Yeah, being you're not musician, guaranteed exactly. that musician status. Being a musician is something very, very hard. Being a musician is being open to connect yourself anytime, anywhere with music. And music is in the air. Music is always in the air. It's not something that you create. It's something that is. And you just make yourself a channel to let the music come through yourself and become something else and becomes audible for everybody. That's amazing. Can we just pause and quote that and just <laughs> caption that? <laughs> uh, I'm just going to take a minute here to talk to the tech guy behind the screen. Thaddeus, we need to caption that and, uh, and share it with everyone that's listening. That's beautiful. And... Uh, totally off topic now. I think we should change the question that I was trying to answer. The question that we've been trying to answer across a series of podcasts with all our musical guests is how viable is a music career in 2016? And you haven't given me an answer. I think you've changed my question. The question is, how essential is music in 2016? And I think it's more essential than ever. What you've just told me has given me goosebumps. I am covered head to toe. That's just so beautiful. Music is essential. So if you want a career in music, it's more than just the money. It's more than just the fame. You become a channel to serve and a channel to deliver something remarkably beautiful. Like I could go off on a tangent now about my law of attraction and power of the universe stuff. And I won't, <laughs> I won't because we're going to keep it musical. But, um, I think that's something really powerful that our listeners could consider that having a career in music should never be a selfish acquisition. Exactly. Because it's a communal thing anyway. It's it's a means of communication, isn't it? And communication can't be selfish because it requires it requires two parts at least. Exactly. And that's I think what's the 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 point the trigger point about all the business situation is this, like to promote yourself properly 
in this business marketing society, mm-hmm. you really have to be full selfish. You really have to have a big ego. <laughs> Not that musicians doesn't have it. We oh, have it. Musicians can have an ego. We, we, we know plenty it. of examples. I mean, in my experience, um, one of the hardest job is try to get your ego apart to be a good musician mm. and to be a good person too. You know, a better person. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't it doesn't mean that ego is always wrong. Ego is very useful for lots of things. Of course. But not when you are on stage, not when you are communicating with other people. So the thing is, it's very hard to find that balance, you know, to create the ego that you need to promote yourself and at the same time to keep the ego apart. To maintain your authenticity as an artist. So Mm. that's the thing, is the very difficult balance that most musicians can't find easily because it's it's difficult it's a very difficult balance to find forget musicians i think the the ego balance is a very difficult thing for anyone to find definitely you know self-worth and self-analysis and self-belief and self-balance and life balance and all of that you know (laughs) people are becoming more and more awakened and we are definitely moving into the aquarian age and people are really starting to wake up and look at themselves and listen to themselves and sort of explore all this higher calling and I think as all this information sort of splurging out on the internet about who we are and why we do what we do and you know what's life's meaning and life's purpose and all of that I think it's becoming even more complicated to figure out who we are what we're doing (laughs) what we're playing at and then when the ego comes into that mix it's, it's even more difficult and and as musicians I know I fought this personal battle why am I creating music you know what am I doing it for and and you're right that's where the ego comes in speaking of ego business is ego driven especially in the music industry all the people that drive the music business have to have that element of ego I I won't say they're all selfish there are some amazing music managers who push artists purely for the fact that they believe that this artist's music needs to be out there and needs to be heard but do you think that that ego that sits on the side of the business is killing the music in any way i think a little bit do you yes yeah i think a little bit in what way why in the way that at the end it's much easier to push a product that you know will make a lot of money and they have to make money because we all have to eat that's it so the thing is nowadays i don't think that especially in the high higher spheres of the music business, okay, I don't think they really care about music at all. Wow, that's a statement. No, it is. I mean, that again. Let's come back to Key Jarrett because I mean I'm no one, okay. But in this interview, he was receiving a I think a prize or something, and Jesse was telling how nowadays it's difficult. Because people doesn't listen anymore. Mm. They listen, but they don't. They don't hear. And so yeah. you just can give them anything you want. Because actually they don't care anymore. Yeah. Everything, it becomes so... I think it be, everything became so um, fast and superficial. I mean, I remember when I was a kid and I went to the, to the music shop and I got my cassetta or my album or my CD 
and it was like it was mine you know yeah. it was mine for at least one month two months <laughs> and i was just listening to that album On over repeat. and over and over yeah. again just smelling the the paper of the booklet you know and you it know, used to reading. be an experience didn't exactly. it exactly it was an experience mm. and it was an experience to stay with you and all your like all your um all your life in that moment, all your life was around that album. Yeah. So you have memories about your life going around that album, that music, and it's with you. It would be with you forever, actually. Yeah. You know no, what I mean? We, can't, we cannot argue the power of music. Do you think that music's perhaps um, not as valued as it should be in that sense? I mean, both you and I have been musicians, being in the music industry having that just innate essence of it flowing through us all the time. We know how powerful music is, but do you feel like the music industry has taken the core value away and instead replaced it with a financial value instead? I think so. It, I'd agree. It's very, it's very clear. I, I think I think a lot of musicians would agree. I think a lot of people would sort of frown and scowl and think, what on, what on earth are they on about? I, I For me, just to clarify, music is the original language in fact it's the only language that we can all communicate with exactly. around the world we speak so many different languages so many different dialects the one thing we can all understand the one thing we can all relate to is music and the fact that the gift of music is only instilled in so many of us and those people are vessels to deliver that magic if you like, I think those people and that magic that they create ought to have a much higher value in the industry and in every industry. And to me, I feel like the music industry, it's not falling apart, it's changing and change is good. There is no growth without change. But I feel like we've lost the essence of what music really is and it's become all about the financial acquisition for those who are pushing the business side and for the creatives it's all about trying to hang on to that very essence that flow that that moves through us a lot of people will agree with me I know they will especially every musician listening will go yes 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 you know music should absolutely have a much higher financial value just because of what it is let alone who's channeling it what can we do about that do you think that will ever change? Do you think we'll see it change in our lifetime? Do you think it will ever change? Is there something we can actively do as a collective of the creative geniuses who channel this message? That's very, very difficult question to answer. I think that nowadays music is what it is because life is what it is. Like they are giving us what they, what we want. Not me, not you, but mm. like what the people around yeah. the world wants. Uh, Everything is fast. Everything is a bit superficial. It's changing very, very quickly. And no one has time to listen carefully. No one has time to stay there for 10 minutes and repeatedly listen to the track, for example, you know. Um, so music has to be light, fresh, fast. I don't know a bit superficial and sometimes actually uh, the worst is that there's no messages at all like what, what's what's the point of this song what's there is no yeah, yeah there is nothing's been the, channeled what's the message you want to deliver to your audience because mm -hmm. to me it's a very important question 
What's the message you want to deliver to your audience? So everything is missing nowadays, I yeah. think. But I'm pretty sure. I mean, I, I can't. I can't say because I don't know. But I know that things change, and I know that people need more. And I'm pretty sure that good music will be back. And I agree. Old fashioned will be back. I agree. Because we need it. Because we need it. As a people. Yes. Because yeah. we need it. And I can see, like, it, it's, very, it's very strange about it. I had, like, none of my gigs are in jazz clubs, okay? And sometimes I'm going to gig in places that you find people very different with very different backgrounds. And, and sometimes I think, hmm, this is going to be a hard gig because if I'm going to play jazz, most of the people doesn't appreciate maybe, you know? Mm-hmm. But at the end, it's not like this. And, and like he, he, you saw me and that I'm not a traditional jazz singer, so I improvise a lot. There is a lot of contemporary jazz inside mm-hmm. and I do very weird things also with my voice. And, <laughs> and sometimes I push the limits a little bit too much. That's a matter of opinion, but go on. But when you see people come to you, like old, even old people come to you and say, what an amazing gig. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for all the things you gave to us. You know, you understand that it's not, the matter is not what you do, but how you do it. How you deliver the message. Exactly. How you speak to your audience. Exactly. How honest you are with your audience, you know? Mm-hmm. How truly yourself you are, what you are on stage, what you are singing. And I imagine what you do in those moments, Marta, is that you you slow your audience down. You give them an opportunity to slow down and experience time in that very moment instead of adhering to that fast-paced lifestyle to which we've all become accustomed, which, you know, we, we all, I think, understand now that has had an adverse effect on music but in and the music industry. But in those moments, you pull a community together and you deliver that magic and you force people to live just a moment in time. Exactly. So on that note, um, <laughs> the question was, how viable is a music career in 2016? And you've shocked us all with very beautiful words. Um, I won't now answer that question because I don't think a music career is viable. I think it's essential. It is. So for young musicians listening in, for older musicians listening in, I would always say, keep doing what you do. Keep showing the magic. Stay strong. Let's hope for change. Let's hope for an awakened people and let's hope for a reinstatement of the value of music. I'm pretty sure we will. It I'm will. I'm pretty sure. It yes, will. absolutely. So if you're listening and you have a drink, raise a glass. <laughs> to Marta for joining us. Thank you so much. Thanks I so really, much. Really Thank you so much for having me here. It. My absolute pleasure. I'm sure we'll have you back on the show really, really soon. Definitely. But we wish yes. you all the best for your future. Just before we sign off, have you got any gigs coming up? Do you want to share your website, your contact details? People can come and listen to you. Yes, absolutely. Uh, if you are free this Monday, 29th, uh, I will be upstairs at Ronnie Scott ronnie's bar fabulous. playing with a fabulous band and also by mr renato daiello so please come 
and have fun with us. We're going to have a very nice jazz evening. Lovely. And, and just keep in touch with me on Facebook or on my website. It is www.martacaponymusic.com. And you will find me here at the Academy building uh, waiting for you if you want to have uh, some lessons with me and experience a deeper level of of music music yeah amazing Marta thank you so much darling I'm Harriet this is the Academy Building Podcast and we shall see you all next week wishing you a lovely weekend guys bye bye amazing